Hello and welcome back to another episode of Under the Lights. So Saints have taken that Newcastle postponement personally and they've gone and got a takeover of themselves. We might not have a game, but we've certainly got something much better. My name's Tom Murray. My name's Callum Wilson and this is Under the Lights. Callum, it finally happened. Yeah, I mean, I don't know really where to where, where you want to start with this, but it's a new era for Saints. Uh, it's an exciting one. Everything that we're hearing sounds positive. Sounds exactly what we want from a uh, from a, a new owner. And um, and as Martin Simmons has said, you know, it's taken two years, but we've been methodical and. And not desperate in the way that we've looked for new owners, and and these guys sound like um, like the perfect partner, really. What really impressed me is it's not is that there are with um, with Rasmus uh, coming in. That is someone who is incredibly well thought of, highly thought of in the football world. It's not just a a business coming in that have very little experience or knowledge about football. This seems to be a really good strategic move. Yeah, I think that. That is the most exciting part of it, is uh, is that we've got Rasmus Ankerson, who um, was sporting executive at Brentford for so long, and of course um, was involved at, at Michelin as well. Mm. Both of which were kind of the the moneyball approach in football, um, pioneers of that statistics scouting, which I think is one of the the most exciting things for us because that's what bought us such success um, almost a decade ago uh, the black box and all of that we seem to lose our way and this just sounds almost like a fresh start for Saints and to not not to rip it all up because a lot of what we do was the reason that these guys wanted to to take us over and and, and take that 80% share in us over other clubs because they want to continue with the development of the youth the way we play football um, we fit into the model of a, a, an empire, a number of clubs that they want to build, a lot of things. But yeah, Rasmus Ankerson, him coming in is a big deal um, on the football side of it. And, and as, as Simon said, to have someone who has experience in elite sp uh, sport was something that we was on the checklist. Seems there are a number of things on the checklist and all of these have been ticked off. Uh, by by this this company, should we? I mean, I'd, I'd imagine anyone listening to this knows we've been taken over for a yes. start, but knows a fair bit about it. But for anyone that is listening that doesn't, should we kind of go for a bit of a whistle stop tour on on the basics of of yeah, that sounds what that sounds... happens and who who's who's taken us over, etc. I think yeah, that's a really good that's a really good plan. Let's just start from very quickly in 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 the summer when we had the um the fans forum where Martin Simmons came out and said he could sell the club tomorrow. However, it wouldn't be to the person that you wanted. So this is something that Saints have come close to quite a few times. However, it's not been the right person, the right model, and we've waited patiently. And that's where I get the most trust from. So let's talk about the man at the helm. Um, with the greatest name uh, to, to come into the club, Dragon Solak. 
um, Serbian TV mogul. This is uh, the man uh, behind it all. Very excited. It's certainly not anyone that I... I mean, what I'm really impressed with Saints is this went so... This was so quiet. There was nothing in the press about this. I know the De Groza one came out in the press a bit. Um, but that was... I think that was more from his side of things, of act, like active interest. And this one's been completely done and it's sort of just... It's come out of the blue. So Dragon Solak at the helm. Uh, they, they kind of let us know that something was to be done by the end of the year and it was only with about a week or two of the year left and everyone was kind of thinking well we haven't heard anything that's why it's hard to believe because you think well takeovers take a long time and, mm. and they must be nearing completion but we'd heard absolutely nothing and until the day we'd never heard the name dragon solak um in all our Ooh. lives unless you, unless you knew of the uh the, the chess champion, uh, when you look him up on Wikipedia, that's that's what comes up first. But he's the money man. Dragon Solak, Serbian, um, as you said, tech mogul, involved in um, sport and media, entertainment. He's got loads of cable, the Premier League rights over in um, <clears throat> the southern eastern region of, of Europe. He, along with Henrik Kraft, and as we mentioned, Rasmus Ankerson, Put together a company, Sport Republic. Um, Ankerson actually left Brentford in order to start this company. Um, and the company was made, I believe, in the uh, with the thought in mind, or not the thought, the plan was to create this empire, which has been likened to kind of Red Bull, who've taken obviously a few, a few football clubs um, to work in unison. But Saints being the first and the kind of major player in that. I'd be very interested to see who else they, they go and get next over the next, you know, over the future. We don't know how long it'll take, but they've talked about America, Europe, you know, a number of clubs. So Solak is, is, the, is the money man. He's the investor. They've bought Gao's 80% stake outright. No borrowing of money, which is a, no. is a, a big plus. Uh, Katarina Liebe has kept a, the 20% for the family stake, which is, um, I think, is a positive in terms of the the, uh, the history of the club and that kind of Liebe legacy remains intact. Simmons will still be running things on a daily basis, but um, but Kraft and, and Angerson will be involved. And, and a, a direct quote from Henrik Kraft is that we will be an active and engaged owner, but will not be starting any revolutions. So... They'll be involved, but I think it's it's important that Simmons remains mm. in in his role because he's he's been brilliant. Uh, he's steadied the ship under that Gao ownership, which you know soon after he bought us tanked, and uh, and and it's it's important not to strip the club of its of, you know those important personnel and and mm. just to come in and try and start again. What they want to do is build on what we've got. And what Simmons is hoping is what the strategy is the same, the way in which we recruit, the way in which we play, a lot of things will remain the same. But I believe his his quote was something along the lines of we'll be able to do it faster and better. Yeah. Uh, i.e. there might be some investment to help us rather than just getting one Livermento for five million and a Brodier on loan, we might be able to get three or four of them in one window. 
and uh, the rumours have already begun. So they own 80% now. They're the majority uh, majority owner, mm-hmm. if that's what you call them. I'm not entirely sure yet because Simmons was a bit tight-lipped on what the exact uh, titles will be for um, for Kraft and for uh, Ankerson. I think I think that uh, Solak's going to be the chairman. Enter yeah. the dragon. But um, what, anything. So so that's 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 them. It was a hundred million buyout for that, which I thought was a bit cheap. But the, I wonder if maybe some of the some of the debts have been. Um, <laughs> included in that there was talk the other day that some of the debts for to keep the club running in covid have already started to be paid off which again is is brilliant huge news so hearing hearing all the the right things in terms of having the money not borrowing the money don't want to be one have one of these owners which is borrowing money before they just to take us over and you know we've seen that happen before so certainly an investment is there and they're coming in and they're not, they're not messing around. They're paying up front for cash. It's clearing the debts. It reminds me a lot of when we got taken over by by Marcus Lieber, and and first thing they did was get rid of those debts when we were in administration. Just just wrote them off. So <coughs> that's that's important. Sounds very good. The other side of it, obviously, the footballing side, that Moneyball data scouting, Brentford's. The empire with like a Red Bull type empire, all those things sound really, really intriguing. It really does. It really does. And I'm actually what one thing that I'm really pleased about is I always had a fear that with under Ralph Hasenhutel, he would finish his tenure and it would be a case of what if? What if he had that backing? What could he have done with a squad yes. where he had a bit more investment and wasn't just working on a shoestring where he's got to sell uh, one player just so he can buy um, buy another one? This is uh, I don't want to say the pressure is the pressure is on Ralph, but this is now his time. He's been crying out for the last few windows, saying, "I don't have the funds. I'm doing what I can. I'm trying to build the kind of squad that is able to compete with what I have." Now we see Hasenhutel. Back in that sort of Red Bull model, which he succeeded so well at, at Leipzig. Yep. And now, obviously, we're not going to turn into that overnight. However, this is really exciting because on the pitch, he's now, as you said, instead of one Livermento, we might be able to go out and get three or four. We're going to have more financial power. There's going, there's going to be investment into the training facility, into the academy, this is really exciting. I'm really excited to see what Ralph can now do. Now he's got that backing that he's been craving for so long. Yeah, and we'll we'll, we'll park that Ralph that Ralph bit because that'll be an, that'll be an interesting discussion for us to have. We haven't really spoken about that side of things yet. But what we will say is that the comparisons with Red Bull that are being made are purely because that's what that's one of the very few examples yeah. of a club being owned you know, numerous clubs being owned by the same owner or the same business or company or whatever the the financial clout will differ you know we won't necessarily be able to to spend the sort of money that that, that red bull might be able to we don't know what the well, I, don't, I mean i don't know an awful lot about red bull and, and the owners and how much they have to spend but leipzig came they were a brand new, weren't they? They were a, a new mm-hmm. club altogether. That's why so many in Germany hate them. 
came through the ranks and, and ended up finishing second under Ralph. That's not the comparison is that it's an empire that was built, not just one club. Mm. The comparisons kind of end there for me until we see what happens because we're the first acquisition. You know, they clearly want to play a certain style of football. Ralph's at the helm. Presumably Ralph will stay at the helm and that will yeah. give us a, a big clue as to what kind of football they want to play. Because it might not, it might not necessarily be the um, the Hassan Hutzel, uh, Ragnarok, Red Bull, Leipzig kind of way, four two 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 attacking football. So that will be interested to see that. But um, yeah, in terms of Ralph, we'll, we'll come on to that later because the big question is: does does that change your opinion on whether he sh- he's the man to lead us forward? Um, just looking at a, a few. More quotes. So, yeah, so Simmons, obviously, I, I, I listened live to uh, the interview on, on Solent um, with uh, with Adam, and, and that was um, that was really, really interesting to hear. Martin Simmons, who's always so transparent with the fans, brilliant, always to hear from him. These guys, we, we mentioned already, experienced investors, but also experienced within the world of uh, elite professional sports. Um We've mentioned what Solak does and has done. Obviously, a lot of investment, media mogul, media entertainment and sport. Henrik Kraft. I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but I'm not sure about how much involvement he's had in in, in terms of... You know, we know Rasmus Ankerson has been involved with Brentford mm. and with Midtjylland, and, and he's, the, he's the elite sport kind of link there. Obviously, the money man is is uh, Dragon Solak. When it comes to um, Henrik Kraft, he's chairman and co-founder of Sport Republic, along with Ankerson, obviously. Then they got Solak to uh, to invest, but his his experience seems to be in the in the tech world, telecoms, media industry, um, been working in that and investing in that for a long, long time. So I'm not sure if he has direct experience of of what he's stepping into with Saints but but as we've mentioned before Rasmus Tankerson and what they did at Brentford everyone's looked at Brentford and not many people have got a bad thing to say about them because the way they're run in the championship every single year everyone was saying Brentford by far and away the best team really well run club all of those things so that's really exciting because I think we'll see something like that, but obviously on a on a bigger scale because we're an established Premier League club, and much of what well, all of what Ankerson did with uh, with Brentford was in the Football League. So those three will be involved. It'll be really interesting to see how this all develops and who we hear more from, who's more involved in what areas of the club. You can only imagine Ankerson will be involved as some sort of um, chief exec, some sort of sports director, maybe. But I'm really interested to see the immediate improvements and changes that they make. I don't imagine there'll be many, but I can see them coming in and doing things, just little things, but things that the fans have been asking for for ages or will notice immediately, i.e. big screens in the stadium, like done, thinking yeah. this we've been on about this for years and they've come in, bam, done. That won't be the hugest investment, it won't be the biggest deal, but it will be visible and it will be obvious. Indeed, and I just think, yeah. you know, they, they've they've been told, uh, I think the, the club been told that they can request 
upgrades or new things already. They've asked for a new gym at Staplewood, which I believe is, is going to be um, signed off and sorted pretty soon. So they're jumping straight in. They're not wasting any time. And what was really interesting, the quote from, uh, from Simmons, or one of many interesting quotes from what he said, was that um, he was thrilled to have reached an agreement that secures our short and long-term future. What did you make of, of that? Does that? Because a lot of people are going, oh, short-term, oh, that must mean January transfer window. I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think this is obviously a long-term vision, mm. but it secures our short and long-term future. What, did you, what do you make of the short-term? I think the short-term can be related to the fact that these COVID loans are going to get paid off fairly quickly. They've already started to do that. So in terms of the fact that, you know, maybe they were looking over their shoulder a little bit over the next few months over the fact that these loans, and of course there's the loan, I think that needs to be paid back by, or needs to something about 2025. I can't remember which one that was in particular, but there was a fairly hefty loan that needed to either be paid back by then, or they didn't have to start paying it back by then. So I think the long-term future of the club, be is more of maybe the fact that Saints is going to be, the, as they said, the cornerstone of this group of clubs in terms of that's just going to be a collective investment. And in terms of the long-term future, having Saints in that kind of project just secures them for the, in the long run. But I'd still say that the short term is just general improvements at the club, just um, up, upgrades, paying off the, uh, paying off the debt. Uh, the fact that the club was bought not with uh, borrowed money, but with, um, what was it, the e equity. Uh, so it's essentially, you know, that they, they don't have to pay anyone back. They've, they've bought that stake of the club. And I think you can read a little bit into investment into the playing squad as well. I don't know what how we'll see that, but um, I think there was there was an article today about how just a, just a change about Saints, I think there was a rumor that Saints, like Hasenhutl now in the, in the transfer window, wants to look for a number 10 and a new keeper, which is not news to us. We know that's where we were going to invest in next, certainly in the goalkeeper position. However, instead of having to wait to the summer to get a goalkeeper, we now might be able to get one in this month. And it, as it again goes to that quote, back to that quote by Simmons, we might not have a revolution, but what we can, what we will do is we are able to do things quicker. So the fact that, you know, we can save maybe half a year and actually get a goalkeeper in now potentially is, is, is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And we might have been waiting on someone like Sam Johnston who would be available for free in the summer and, and you'd be competing with a lot of people, a lot of clubs for his name uh, and, and Saints may not be able to compete in terms of the wages, etc. Whereas we might be able to be more, more clinical in our business by saying, well, you know what, why don't we offer West Broms some money? Um, then we'll be ahead of the queue and we could get him now. We'd get him in January rather than agreeing a deal with him or trying to agree a deal now, but he turns up in six months, for, for instance, you know, it could be someone completely different. We don't know. <clears throat> and, and a number 10 as well. Yeah. I, I think it, it, it will be, it's, it's good for the fans because before that announcement, when we went into to the January transfer window, um, Arsenal have said that there weren't any, weren't going to be any plans for us to get anyone, and we probably wouldn't get anyone. And I, amongst other, among others, on on Twitter, kind of 
laughed at how obvious a quote that was because we all knew that we weren't going to bother getting anyone. If we did, it would be very surprising. It was going to be a very boring transfer window, certainly as far as Saints fans are concerned. Now we're getting linked to the Gareth Bale. Yeah, starting to see <laughs> we're starting to see some names. Starting to see even if they're just pie in the sky rumours, is that there's a different feel about mm. the club already, and certainly with a within a transfer window, maybe we can start um, speculating. Maybe we can start thinking, oh, you know what, well, we could get this player. Whereas before, they weren't even on our radar. Was it Maketeer and, and Delap from yeah. Man City? Whether they're loans or, or or what, I don't know. But that came up. That was pretty much the first one. All this chat about Gareth Bale and Solak apparently being on a on a on a um, on a hunt for for Gareth Bale and to bring him. To yeah, bring we're not we're not going to bring in a revolution. Team. However, we will break the wage structure to sign a thirty-two-year-old winger. No, no, don't get me wrong. I've seen a few replies to that of Saints fans not wanting Gareth Bale, and I just have to say, like. You need to give your head a wobble. Gareth Bale at Saints would take us would, would yeah. be fantastic, but it's pie in the sky. I know there's been that quote apparently that Serlac has personally to- spoken to Gareth Bale's agent on, and to Florentino Perez to be like, uh, <laughs> "How much money?" Immediately, he's just you know that, that he's just flexing. What we're going to do now? Gazump Newcastle for Kieran Trippier? No, thank you. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. The whole the Gareth Bale thing's funny. His wages will obviously be the first sticking point. The fact that he's Gareth Bale as well and is way above. Ward Prowse does play a lot club. of golf. He might be. He might be intrigued by that. Yeah, he might be. Might be down. Who did you say? Ward Prowse. Ward Prowse plays a lot of golf. Maybe yeah. him. You, you get him on the golf course. Speak to Gareth. Get, you know, get him down. Uh, get him down Muni. But it's obviously you know Gareth Bale is well and above our stature as a football mm. club. Whether he started here or not. His wages are huge. Tottenham, when they loaned him, couldn't even afford all those wages. He's not going to come back here. But people saying, people looking at it and going, oh, I wouldn't want him here. Like you said, it's just laughable, really. Um, imagine if Gareth, if Gareth Bale turned up and this actually became a thing. I'm, I'm not saying I think it will, but if suddenly it went from pie in the sky rumours on Twitter to he's on his way in and he's holding the shirt and he's coming up every single person would be besides himself. Oh, absolutely. You got. You've got to. You've got to sort of reevaluate your stance here and just have a give. Just have a little think and think. I don't want Gareth Bale. I'm happy with Mohamed Elianusi, Nathan Redmond, Theo Walcott, and an inconsistent Nathan Teller. I do not want a Champions League winning winger. No, sir. Yeah, does, does he get in our starting eleven? That's the stuff. <laughs> does he get? Does he get in? I mean, does he even get onto the bench? To be honest, and then you're, you're only blocking the path of um, of Thierry Small or someone like that. No, no, no. Don't want that. Don't want that. Let's let's not waste any more time on that. That's no. um, I mean, that's just a that's just a bit of a laugh. But yeah, the man who will be well in charge of maybe having the final say on the recruitment. Be interesting how much of a say Ralph does have in it because. Of course, this scouting network and the Moneyball style and, and, and the stats and everything, you just wonder if there will be some signings that are made, whether whether the manager wants it or not. Um, whether Will there be ones that are purely what the manager wants? Will, it, will they have to go through the system and the stats? You know, it, I'll, I'll be, it's intriguing. A lot, a lot of it is intriguing, but Ralph is at the helm. And as you mentioned earlier, it's... 
it, not that it's make or break, but it's a, it's a different, it's an opportunity for him now that he's been waiting for. Yeah, he's been desperate for this kind of opportunity. And finally, we can, if it goes to plan uh, and we do get that investment, like to the point where we have invested, if Ralph still hasn't got us playing away, then I'd, I'd see him out the potentially going out the door sooner rather than later. However, we're not at that point. This is the beginning of a new era. I think he is the right man to take us forward. He's certainly to be given the chance because he can play really exciting football, but he's been kept on a shoestring. He's been doing the best he can with a fairly average squad. Let's see where we can go go from here. One point I wanted to make with the about the money ball system is I remember Brentford a couple of years ago, even even Brentford Brentford recently, with the signings, it may not be a name that you recognise, but it will be a player that will fit that system to a T. That's how it all works. Because I remember you and I were doing the commentary of one of the, um, I think it was one of one of the FA Cup matches and there was Brentford were on the TV. I think it was against Leicester. And you and I were watching it and Brentford were playing pretty much a second string side not there for, they've made loads of t changes but the fact is they did not look weaker against the Premier League side because that's how it all works you buy players that can fit into that system seamlessly that's how it all works and I'm excited to see players come in where we're not necessarily weakened by making changes I mean we've got to a decent stage now with our with our squad depth but even so just to have those players recruited so that they know their role immediately and it's not a case of trying to fit um square pegs and round holes as it were yeah and also don't forget it was Brentford who, who knocked us out early in the season a couple of years ago in the league cup with uh, a much changed side as well mm. but yeah you're right any anyone who's not seen the film Moneyball uh Brad Pitt and uh Jonah Hill it's baseball but that's that's what everyone everyone keeps talking about Moneyball. You know that that's it's all about stats and and not really the eye test. I wonder how much it will be one and how much will be the other. Will it be a mixture? So you mentioned that a quote you just said was that Ralph is the man to take us forward. Only a couple of weeks ago, yourself and I were both have well have been saying for a little while that he should go. He shouldn't be the manager. How much does this change things? This, this this takeover it changes a lot because he suddenly we've suddenly got a new start i think it was more of a case of yes he was he's been tactically naive the substitutions have been poor we've been terrible in the second half of games however um i think the whole club itself was getting stale we seem to be the whole club seem it, it, there's been sort of a notion in the last six months of the club's just been treading water, just existing in the Premier League, not going anywhere, just hoping to stay up and get as, as many points as we can just to get over that, get over that um, safety line as soon as we can in the season. And it's just, it's depressing. It's boring because you just know that we're not necessarily going to compete. However, I think he should be given the chance because there are positive signs. We haven't seen a, Saints team guided by Ralph where he's not had this kind of backing and that's what's changed because he's been doing his best that he can with an average squad and at the time that we made those um, claims of he should be the new manager there was no end in sight for this just being an average team and maybe a case of why don't we just try and lift ourselves slightly by getting someone new in just to see if we can galvanize anything just to raise the level a little bit now 
that's come externally. We haven't had to change the manager. We've got an exciting new era, which sounds very positive at the moment. Proof will be, you know, in, in what happens in the pudding, as it were. However, we've I've seen enough from Ralph over the last few years to think, yes, he certainly should at least be given the chance in this new era. No, I agree with you. I think I think it changes everything uh, for Ralph. Ralph Arsenal has been trying to implement his plan, his strategy, his way of playing with a, a, ha a hand that he's been dealt rather than he's, he's tried to piece things together, but he's kind of, he's doing it with one arm behind his back. We know that. And, you know, all, all the people on Twitter, or Ralph in and, and all that will be, will be arguing, or oh, we've said that all along, but you have, but look, the point that you make is, there was no end in sight for this. And therefore, he was not the man for the job. The job being, we have no money to spend. And with the plans you're trying to implement, the players don't fit it or the players aren't good enough, for instance. This is something new now. If we didn't have Harsen at all for the last few years, and then we've just been taken over by this ownership, and the first thing they did was bring in Ralph Harsen at all, we'd be excited because it would give us even more of an idea of what this model is about. For Ralph, often, often the, uh, the criticisms thrown at him are about his team selection, about his naivety tactically, uh, his stubbornness to do anything different from what he wants to do, his substitutions. I think those things could, not would, but could, go away if he is for instance looking at bench options that he wants to bring on you know will he make three substitutions will he make a sub before the 80th minute if he's looking over and his options aren't Shane Long Theo Walcott Nathan Teller for instance if he's if he's got players that if he's got a squad that he trusts will we need him to be tactically flexible if plan a can be put together to the extent that he wants it to be put together, i.e. wanting to play that system when he's having, when he's, he's decided that the, the best type of player that we have to fit a certain role up front is Nathan Redmond and has been for a while. You know, he, he's, it's, we're not, we, we don't know anywhere near, no one, none of us know anywhere near the amount that Harsnettle does about his system and how he wants to play it. We think, oh, two strikers up front, why is he not playing Adams and, and Broya, for instance, whereas in that system, he's got a specific type of player that needs to have certain attributes. And that will fit really, really well with this scouting and this money ball. Because like you said, oh, we want a, a goal scorer up front that is quick, that is agile, that is both footed, that is this, that is that. This is the checklist. Put all that in the supercomputer, find me the right guy. Whereas a lot of us fans will be like, oh, yeah, but um, Che Adams and Broyer both scored in the last couple of games and uh, we like the way they play and they work hard off the ball or whatever. That might not be what goes, it fits this system. You know, those two number 10s, he tends to like to have one that's quick and plays wide on the left and then one that comes in as a bit more of a ball player, a bit more of a number 10 like Stuart Armstrong. 
But he's been trying to play Gineppo and Elinusi and whoever he can get back off loan. If he if he gets the money to go and sign someone this January that fits an exact exactly how he wants it to for, as a number 10, it might be the first op- opportunity he's done to sign someone in that position for half-decent money in the three, four, however long, however many years he's been here. So it is a different opportunity for him. It is a new start. If we're plodding along nicely, he is bringing in his own players, but he continues to make the same annoying, glaring mistakes. If we continue to lose points from a winning position because he isn't freshening up the team, he isn't bringing on subs in time, etc. If he isn't changing it tactically, then there will come a point where the he has no money is no longer a, a valid argument. But I'm hoping that that won't be the case. I'm hoping that he those those habits, whether they're conscious or subconscious or whatever, they will go away with with the new investment and the new opportunity. And um, if, if, for instance, if he's able to get a, bring in a, a Liveramento for the position of number 10, striker, goalkeeper and central midfielder, for instance, then all of a sudden he, he's got so many opportunities and his squad will be much more... Um, adept to do what he wants to do because he has a specific plan he's been stubborn in the past because we because our players aren't good enough and he's trying to play like you know it's like trying to play as like Barcelona when you've got Stoke 2013 squad you know it's not gonna it's not gonna work that way he hasn't adapted now I'm hoping that maybe he doesn't have to maybe we can actually see Ralph Bourne full swing for what we hope it is i.e the Leipzig kind of stuff you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's sort of, we can now, like Hasenhutl was brought in to bring in this this style of football. We didn't think it would take this long to finally get to a, a squad that he can sort of revel uh, with. However, yeah. now with this investment, with this takeover, we have that opportunity. Everything about the club just seems a bit fresh and new now. Yeah. now I, let, I know. Yeah. Sorry, just before you go on something, let me, let me put it this way, right? Certain types of managers fit certain types of clubs, squads, um, objectives, i.e. if you've got a, 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 the classic example, if your team's in a relegation zone and you haven't got great players and you want someone to come in and keep you up, used to be Big, you know, big Sam, Tony Pulis, whatever. But if you, want, if you had a, a team of good footballers that you wanted to try and get into Europe, get into the Champions League, then you'd be bringing in other types. And we've seen managers that are really good at one and then suddenly they get money to invest. They're really good at doing stuff on a shoestring. They're really good at finding them them grafters, them types of players that maybe aren't worth a lot of money, but they do the job. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you've got £100 million to spend and they don't know what to spend it on. And they bring in players and it, they're not right and it all goes to shit. I think Arsenal was the other way. I don't think he's necessarily the guy to manage a squad that hasn't been great over the last few years I think he's done what he can with it but he's also made big errors and we've had bad results and we've had shit runs of form and those sorts of things I think he's the type of manager that has a philosophy but he can get a lot more out of it when he's got some investment 
and and I, I think now going forward he will be a better fit for us than he has been over the last couple of years. It's certainly something to be really, really excited about. I know we're only early in January. Do you expect Saints to make any signings or is it, or is it too early to tell at the moment? I think we'll do something. Um, do you reckon it'll be I, I, a statement signing possibly? Or do you think, I know there was a rumour going around that the Saints were potentially looking, I mean, Gareth Bale would be, but we all know that's pie in the sky. But would, or do you think it would be something a bit closer to home, more of a, a maybe like just bringing in a Sam Johnston, something like that? Well, was the rumour you were about to go on to, was that Gareth Bale? Is that what you were talking about? You said there was a rumour recently. Oh, no, no. I, it was before before the takeover had been confirmed. Some people on Twitter were getting far too excited over this person who, uh, to be fair, the account had got the Livermento and Thierry small signings uh, before they happened and then said Saints were planning on making an, a statement of intent signing. And it's just one of those oh, where... I saw that, yeah. Something yeah. scout, something like that. Yeah. yeah um, so not a va- not a not a reliable source in terms of. Well, I mean, they they got something right. Broke a couple but, of bits. So, broke a couple yeah, of bits. So you never know. Signing. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think I think we'll do something because I think the timing is perfect for these new owners, and I don't think they'll miss a trick there. You know, they're coming in. He's, he's spent hundred million cash to buy the club. They're coming straight in. They're making changes to the to the training ground to the cancelling out some of the debt and as i mentioned earlier i can see them doing things like putting the new big screens up and just things around the club where they've come in and they haven't just bought the club and then they're sitting on their hands you know the the fans will because the first thing they want to do is win over the fan base so if you start doing little things and things that are important to the fans and and a signing you know you've taken over the club in a transfer window so a signing i think would be massive and I don't think it has to be a huge signing and a big amount of money for it to be a statement. I, I can see us getting a player that shows a statement of intent for what we're planning to do. I think they'll bring in someone who's young, um, permanently, like a Livermento, maybe spend a little bit more money, maybe someone we've heard of, but someone you know, like, like Livermento was a huge statement. He's a re- we keep talking about it's a really good example because... We heard he was coming. Everyone was like, no way, is this actually happening? And we got him. I, I, I think something like that. You know, they mentioned uh, Delap from Man City. I'm not sure Man City would let him go permanently. But if we were to, if they were to bring in someone in a position we need that is, that fits the objectives, like you said, fits the plan, fits that role, then uh, I can see something like that happening. Whether it be a goalkeeper or a number 10 or both. I'm not sure, but yeah, I can see us bringing someone in. We're not going to bring in the Galacticos. Not going to bring in Gareth Bale. I don't think, but uh, <laughs> some someone that that a statement of how we're going to go about things. And this big, the biggest part of that statement being, we haven't had to sell someone in order to bring this person in. Um, I would be surprised now if we went all the way to the end of January and didn't bring someone in. But it, it would be very interesting to see if we, you know. I don't think we will, but someone that comes to mind is like a Jesse Lingard, for instance. He, if someone like him came in in January or um, Brereton Diaz, who's ripping up in the championship, you know, someone like that. But I get the feeling they'll bring in someone that's less known in the in Premier League kind of football world because that tends to be how we do business. 
Yeah, I mean, no one aside from Chelsea fans had heard of Brozier really before we brought him in on loan and Saints thought, oh, it'd be good cover. And now it turns out to be... I knew all about him. I signed him for Reading and uh, on FIFA, <laughs> FIFA what, 21, I think it was. And, uh, Did he rip yeah, it up? Yeah, knew, knew all about him, mate. Yeah, he wasn't nearly as quick as he is in real life, though, so they got that one wrong. More of a but, target, yeah, I think I, I think it'll be, yeah, whether it's someone from abroad, whether they bring in someone, someone Danish because they just... A couple, a couple of Danes involved in the takeover. Yeah, um, soon will be revealed. But it'll be, it'll be interesting. we get someone from abroad, all of a sudden the speculation will be, oh, is that because that's the next team in this empire of oh, clubs yeah, yeah. trying to build? You know, we get someone from America and they're like, oh, okay, right, yeah. where's this going? We sign, so, we sign Gareth Bale. Oh, Real Madrid, are they going to be in the... Uh... They're going to be the one below Southampton in the level of the. Uh... <laughs> I think it will be a statement for us to just go out and get a goalkeeper, a first a first team goalkeeper. Maybe instance. even someone like a Dean Henderson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that and would if... be a, that would be a huge statement. Mm. I, I think. I um, mean, look at us now. We we we've gone from a couple of episodes ago just being like, well, you know, good uh, good results, but until we get investment or anything, this is how it's going to be. And now suddenly it's a case of right. Dean Henderson's coming in. Gareth Bale, Mbappe and Haaland <laughs> will wait until summer uh, just to, you know, give Newcastle a bit of a... Actually, this is not a dig at Newcastle. However, one point I want to make is, in a way, I think this is almost a better takeover because there is a strategy behind this, whereas the one at Newcastle seems to be, let's throw money at it and hope that it sticks. Now, that might yeah, just that, be... But mm. in the long term, only one of us is going to win the league. So yeah, us you know, we'd, with, we'd, with thirty-four-year-old Gareth Bale, <laughs> we'd be much more excited if we were the, the oh, richest yeah, yeah. owners in the entire world and the club in the world, etc. But yeah, I, I think we'll be somewhere between where we were at the beginning of the year, where we thought, well, we're not going to get anyone, to we might bring in someone like a, a Lingard or a Henderson, mm. or so. I, I think we'll be somewhere in between that. I don't think we'll go out and get proven Premier League quality, but I think. That I wonder if they've already before before buying a club if they've already got these names in the scouting book and the network and they're like you want a number ten well what kind of number ten do you want or what kind of goalkeeper and they've already sat around the table because it's January and probably gone with Ralph Simmons everyone else and gone right who do we who do we want maybe even as part of the as part of the um, the conversation prior to buying the club, you know, part of the interview process, you know, okay, well, these are the sorts of people we'd be looking to bring in in January. All of a sudden Ralph's going, yeah, I like these guys. Yeah. <laughs> one, one player who would be a very a significant statement of intent. Now this is all again, pie in the sky, but free agent Danish Christian Eriksen. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that would be interesting. Again, I think he's, Way above our station. <laughs> well, it's not even not even that because he hasn't got a club at the moment, and obvious for obvious reasons, he's not been able to play. But I, I just I wonder if, if that would be a statement. A... Mm. It would be a statement, but I don't, I don't think it will fit in with what we plan to do going forward because of his age. Uh, yeah, he's obviously well known. He's a big international star in the sport. I don't think that's where we're going to be looking. I think we'll, I think we'll be looking at those those hidden gems like we have been recent times of Broyers, the Liveramentos. However, we won't necessarily just be buying from the Chelsea reserve team or the <laughs> Man City reserve team because now we've got a bit of money. 
I think there'll be people coming in from abroad mainly. And I think there'll be a lot of a lot of players that, like you said, we've never heard of before. You know, and and Brentford brought in a hell of a lot of Danes. So I wonder how much of the scouting network that Angerson was involved with, having been at Midland as well, I wonder how much of that will kind of will be in that area and how much of it is to be developed around Europe and around the world. Interesting. I mean, Ralph, will he'll already know a number of people that he wants. And I think we'll get, we'll get someone by the end of January, I think. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I think one point we should make, um, I, don't, I can't remember if there was a, a quote about it. However, um, it might have been from Adam Blackmore, but either either way, I think what we shouldn't uh, um, try and convince ourselves is this has stopped us, stopped us being a selling club. I think this we certainly are still going to sell players. Um, I think that's the model. You know, we sell them yes. on for a huge amount and then we reinvest in the squad. Brentford did that. They sold Mopai and um, Ollie Watkins. Watkins for large amounts. Ben Rama. Ben Rama as well. All Three all very good players. They're playing at a higher level and they reinvested it. Um, they've now got Ivan Tony as yeah. well. And well, they sold Mopai and they got Watkins. And they sold Watkins and they got Tony. So as you said, there's a plan in place and that's been lauded in mm. English football in the way in which they've done that because they've sold them on but then they've bought in someone for, for nothing or next to nothing. And then they've sold them on for 25, 30 million. So, yeah, I think we'll be doing that at a slightly higher level because obviously that was in the championship, which is what we've been doing. I think we'll just go back. I think, honestly, I think there will be comparisons to be drawn between the club going forward and where the club was under Cortese and in those kind of Ronald Koeman days mm. um i think that's you know which was around the black box you know i think this is the scouting is what we lost we lost the scouting and we lost the the type of manager that fits in with our model we had a great model a way of playing we lost pochettino we got Coman. we we lost all those players we got other ones from abroad because our scouting was genius we lost that we started bringing in nathan redmond because we thought it was the new Henri and he was gonna he was gonna uh, replaced Sadio Mane um, brought Charlie Austin in because he was the, the ideal replacement for Graciana Pella you know we brought Claude Puel in because his side was boring style of play fitted a team that had only two managers ago had Mauricio Pochettino you know it all went to shit didn't it so yeah. this just seems like a clean slate and we've held on and Gal's been there for a few years Simmons has done well Ralph's done the job to keep us where we are and now now will be the test and by the way if we don't sign anyone in January it doesn't matter you know I, I, I still feel that we're I still think our squad is stronger than a lot of people give it credit and I also don't think that a signing in January is is the be all and end all no. I think the odd signing or two might help with what Newcastle are doing because they are one of the teams between us and relegation and you know potentially they could buy their way out of it but yeah i, I we're, we're rambling on a bit and this is you know i don't want this to end up like it's football manager and we've got the cheat code on but it's just it's just nice to talk about 
potential incomings and everything rather than just being like well who's leaving and if someone's leaving does that mean we'll be able to get someone for half the price in and all of this all this yeah. nonsense we I can think... actually join the rest of the, the league really and be because at the moment we're, we're bottom of the league in terms of investment so we could join everyone else well, it makes a nice change from the fact that in the past few windows, we it's been the same conversation over and over again. We're going to have to sell to buy. Um, and until we sell someone, we're not going to have the funds to invest in anyone. We're very much self-sustaining. Now, we've got a bit more spending power. I mean, it's yet to be seen, but it's early days. Um, and it, it's just a positive outlook. Again, we feel like I'm not going to go to the point of we've got our club back because that's not that's not the right um, saying, but it seems like a fresh start somewhere. We're that's... not as dramatic as the Geordies, so don't. No, don't go saying that. Um, it's just fun to speculate, right? It is. It is. It really. You know, those it... Twitter the people on Twitter are going to be making up bollocks about, oh, this player's coming in. I mean, I know someone. I know the tea lady. Whether you like them or not, it's just fun to be able to be in amongst that again and think, oh, you know what? They would be a good signing, and if it doesn't happen, whatever. It's still some exciting conversation. It's nice to be in the uh, BBC gossip pages where you're looking through all the links and just <laughs> seeing that we're actually linked to someone. Um, Karen, we talked about the takeover a lot. Let's not forget that we actually have an FA Cup match this weekend. Um, do you want to talk moment. about... At the, yeah, at the moment. Uh, do you want to... Should we talk about that briefly? I mean, it's Saints against Swansea, half past five. It is on BBC One Wales, which you can watch on iPlayer. Um, that's the only way you're going to be able to watch it because there's going to be no fans at the ground. Um, so... What, what what do you make of this? It seems like in training that Thierry Small, um, Oleg B is in this uh, is in the squad as well as uh, Dino Simeu. Uh, so that could be interesting. It seems like Ralph. We know he goes strong in the cups, but it seems like he's definitely going to have that blend of youth in there as well. Yeah, I think it needs to be a blend. Um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's nice to talk about a bit of football as well because obviously the game that we would have been recapping that both of us would have been going to watch was was postponed because Newcastle had uh, too many injuries and a couple of COVID cases, which is apparently mm. apparently mm. the new rules. But um, yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I, I think a blend is right. I, I, we don't want to be playing the youth team. We don't want to be playing all of the youngsters because Swansea are a good championship outfit. We're away from home. It'll be a tough test. It always is when we play Swansea. Um, we, do, we don't want to, we don't want to approach this game like it's, like it's already won and it's a good opportunity to give the young all, all the young lads a run out because that's not that's not how it is we, we still we need to go at, you know at least half and half you know Samoa Thierry Small I think if those two play then the rest of the back four has to be strong uh, it will rely a lot on um, oh actually no Carl Walker-Peters is eligible isn't he so he'll be able to play and 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 a strong centre-back you know we need to if we're going to play that back four, then I think Wall Prowse will need to play yep. Diallo with him. Maybe Will Smallbone. Uh, you know that, those those types of players. You know, if Che Adams is back, it's, it's a game for Nathan Teller. Uh, yeah, and, and Forster should play as well because he's currently back in as the number one. People talk about Caballero getting a chance, but Forster's played what one game since he's been back, so he, he needs game time. So I wouldn't yep. rotate the keepers. Uh, yeah, no, maybe it may be a good opportunity for someone like uh, Adam Armstrong to get on the score sheet as he did so many times against uh, against championship clubs. Get a bit of confidence if he gets a goal or two. Brilliant. See if he can bring that into the, into the Premier League game against Brentford. But yeah, I'd be resting the likes of 
maybe Broya to start with, uh, maybe a Romeo, um, Liveramento if if he's available for Brentford. We want to play him two, twice in three games if he's just come back from injury. So, yeah, I think a blend, but you still need to be. You, we're not playing a, a team in League Two where we can maybe no. afford to have a few more youth players. You know, it's Championship away is is never easy in the first um, or the third round of the cup. No, and for those who might not know a great deal about Swansea and are looking at the championship table and see that they're down in 16th or 17th, the table is very skewed at the moment because obviously Swansea actually haven't played a game uh, since I think it's the beginning of December because all of the matches have been postponed. They've had COVID problems. So obviously they're going to sink down the table whilst everyone else plays. Uh, they were quite, I think they're on the outskirts of the playoffs before that um, run of postponements. But also that should play into Saints' hands. They will have very little match fitness, you'd think, especially uh, I think their manager, um, Russell Martin, said that a lot of them will only this week be allowed out of their houses, allowed out of their apartments. They won't have been able to play um, matches or train. So whether they can last 90 minutes is going to be um, interesting. And I think that's where Saints can really take the game to them. One player I think should start is Nathan Redmond because he always seems to rip championship sides apart. True. Um, and also he was fantastic in the, I know it's a pre-season game and we witnessed Salisu scoring one of the best own goal volleys I've seen for quite some yeah. time. Uh, but Nathan Redmond, I don't want to... Fortunately, Salisu won't be able to replicate Yes, that yes. Uh, but I think, um, I think Redmond, it's his level, isn't it? It's his level. He's very good against championship it has opposition. has been for a few years, but mm. he's, he's been at Premier League level this season. You know, yeah, he, he turned up, hasn't he? But yeah, let's hope they're a bit rusty if they haven't played for so long. Uh, the the counter argument will be that they're well rested, but so are Saints because we didn't have that Newcastle game. So it's been uh, it's been a good ten days since it was our last game against Tottenham, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, been, it's been a it's been a good 10, 11 days. So we're well rested as well, but we've got that match sharpness. I think I don't think Arsenal will be so naive as to play too many youth players. Um, maybe a couple will come on off the bench. I only think two or three really will will, will be involved. Um, the Allegbees and other player Finnegan's players like that. I don't think I don't think he'll start them. I think they might come on if the game is is won or if we're certainly leading. But I, I think he you know he takes his cup competition seriously, and uh, we and the fact that we've had such a period of time since we last played means that he, he doesn't have to rest players too much. But he does have the does have the midweek yeah. game against Brentford and then and then the Saturday game against Wolves in mind. So you're you almost are you choosing to rest players not because they're tired, but because they might be tired by the time we get to Wolves if we've played three games in a week. So yeah, he knows what he's doing. He goes strong in the competition. It'll be interesting to see. But again, the, these are those these are those kind of decisions that Ralph makes when he often plays the same 11, 12, 13 players, three games in a week. By the mm -hmm. time we get to game three, they're flat on their ass, and we throw away the lead, the lead against Wolves. Now that he's got a little bit of money, might it be that he does have more faith in the reserve players that we can rotate? Um, but that will be, that will be seen in, uh, in due course. We certainly won't be seeing that just this month. No, and, of, and um, obviously 
it might be a good opportunity to play the reserve players considering that Bale, Mbappe and Haaland will be fit to play against Wolves next weekend. So um, that's that one to look forward to. What A, a point actually to make about, um, I believe, uh, this the, game, the FA Cup matches are being played until a side's won it. Uh, there's no replays, I think. And I think until it goes... sides won the cup, I should hope so. <laughs> should hope we should um, all play until someone has won yeah, the yeah, cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think it's extra time and penalties. Uh, okay. There are no replays. So obviously, you want to get the job done. As there's no COVID as... postponements either, actually. We joked about that earlier, saying the game's on at the moment. But um, I hear that Man City have loads of COVID, but uh, yes, I'm not um, sure who said it, but we've all been told... Covid, schmovid, you're playing anyway, which essentially is, uh, I believe that was the exact quote, Covid, schmovid, you're playing anyway, which I think should be um, applied in the Premier League as well. Yeah, yeah, completely with that. Yeah, it's the rules are uh, you just need, in, um, they don't have to be registered players, you just need to have a have You just need 11 fans out of the crowd. Dave, uh, uh, Big Steve. Um <laughs> We've got Henrik from Accounts, uh, Rasmus in goal, uh, Dragon at the back, and then Ralph himself uh, is going to get his lace up his boots as he used to be a striker. Yeah, I'm just reading on the BBC now. FA Cup third and fourth round replays have been scrapped this season. Uh, let's just have a look if it goes to a penalty shootout. No, well, it will, won't it? Well, there's, there's no replays, and it's no, no, no. time is still drawing. Not going to best next goal wins or something like that. Are they golden, golden goal? Yeah, golden goal. But I was just seeing if. Uh, like in the League Cup, they send them straight to penalties if, or if there's half an hour of oh, if extra, extra time. time. But maybe yeah. maybe we should do uh, free kicks instead. Oh yeah, I'll do that. Get your best free free kick takers. Uh, first one to score, we go through. First one to score. First one to score. Uh, and of course, um, we should uh, remember Swansea dangerous. The great Irish striker Michael O. Buffemi is. Uh, oh, well, that'd be nice. That'd be nice to. Nice to see him again. Yeah, hopefully he's going well. The the the, the barrel, well, the barrel that he is. He's always been such a such a, a strong round player who just seems to sort of, I don't short. know, short. Yeah, but short. um, it was a shame that it never worked out for him at Saints because he did score a couple of very decent goals. But hey, uh, Callum, prediction for the weekend. I'm gonna go for two 0 Saints. Job yeah, done. I was gonna say the same. If the Saints win, I'll go three uh, one in that case. So uh, yeah, yeah, it should be a, a decent, a decent run out. Exciting opportunity to see some players that we are yet to see. Um, hopefully, some players who've come back from from COVID and injury as well. Mm. And like you just... said, it's available on BBC Wales, isn't it? Which I believe you can get on Skybox or uh, as well, can't you? Is that not available on the uh, as I, a channel I, on Skybox? I think it's on, it, I think it's on the player? Sky. I think it's on the Skybox. But yeah, it will be on the BBC Sport website as well. Uh, and watch. if you if you start watching it and realise that the stadium's empty, you've not gone back in time a year. Um, it's, it's you've not logged on early. They're not, they are not letting crowds in in Wales at the moment, are they? So it'll be no. it'll be it'll be it'll be very odd going back to, to those kind of you know a year ago. That that yeah, oh, I can hear it now. The echoes and that yeah, I don't like it. Go on. Hey. I hate, hate thinking of, hate thinking back to it now all those all those years ago to be fair but yeah we'll have to do it just just for now for this uh, for, this for this one this game, game. and then back at St Mary's for the rearranged uh, game with Brentford that should be well it's first league game back um with under the takeover the the crowd's going to be rocking 
Yeah, yeah, I'll be there uh, with the audio description commentary. I was due to be there on the 18th of December, but obviously that didn't happen. So, yeah, good to get a rearranged game sorted. Um, I found it odd, actually, that there's a, that there are more fixtures that are rearranged for the following midweek, 18th and 19th. Oh. And Newcastle Saints has not been put in there, despite oh. the fact that neither club is playing any other game then. So it seems, I put a tweet out about just before this, actually, about that to see if anyone's got any ideas. Um, but... Yeah, I think uh, you can you can imagine the response from uh, Saints Twitter. Um, Wilson and Alessandro Maximan aren't ready yet. Uh, they haven't had a chance to sign too many players yet. <laughs> All of those sorts of things coming back as reasons why two teams who haven't got a game aren't playing the week after. So I'm not sure what the reason is. But yeah, 18th, 19th, a, a few games have been rearranged, but not Saints-Newcastle. I hope it's rearranged soon because I have got tickets. I want to go. Yeah, me too. It just it seems strange that they've decided to play all the other games. If Newcastle were playing someone else, a different rearrangement. Yeah, because they've got to get, get the Everton both, game fitted in. Both they? available. So, you know, well, I don't understand why, what they're holding Odd. out for. Odd one. Um, okay, then. Right. Positive. We've been taken over. The new well, look, year has begun. chat to be able to have. You know, I know. Nice and positive. change from what the fuck is Ralph doing or... We've just played one game. Now we've played another one. Are we going to play COVID, Schmovid, all that sort of stuff to enter the Dragon? Enter the Dragon. Uh, if only we we're in our old stadium, Dragon's Dell. We should have, um, should definitely end this with some Enter the Dragon uh, copyright music for the, for the, <laughs> for the out, outro, for the credits. <laughs> for the outro. Well, all we know is that the Serbs have taken over. Saints are on the up. Stay safe. Oh, wait, no, no. Before I say that, just seen on Twitter in the last minute, actually, uh, some more positive news. Nathan Teller has signed a new three and a half year deal at Saints. Oh, good. I'm so glad you hadn't stopped the recording. And just before we uh, logged off, had to squeeze this in somehow. Um, hopefully it sounds seamless. Hopefully we stick that in just before the sign off. But that is a fantastic uh bit of news maybe that's the statement signing that we're gonna make this january i'm majorly disappointed no uh no, that's uh, nathan teller he's been hopefully we'll see more of him because we we've not been too sure about what's been going on getting his game time but he always on the pitch gives everything and he does look like an exciting prospect he really does so yeah new deal to 2025 uh, Nathan oh, Teller must have some serious wage demands if he's had to wait for a takeover to sign a new contract. <laughs> <laughs> he's well, he's obviously heard that Gareth Bale's coming to the club and he's on look, I want half a million a week or I'm not signing. So uh, Saints, Saints, have, Saints have caved in. He's already been to uh, Dragon's Den already and asked for those wage demands there. So he managed to fit a pun in there. Um, yeah. So this is not going to sound right after you make you're you're, ref you're referencing a statement that you're making at the end of the podcast which we've already recorded so you're like future like what are you talking about Callum are you breaking the fourth wall here yeah something like that <laughs> something like um, the, the yeah, fourth podcast rule just just when we couldn't fit any more good news into this podcast there's some more there we go you can find us on yes. twitter at under underscore saints. sorry with all of this takeover news I'm, you've gone early mate you've I've gone, gone early, early. I've got I'm not sure if you can actually say it now because you've kind of Given, mm. given the game away. Well, 
uh, just need to make well, yeah you can find the pod at under underscore saints on twitter you can find me at Callum Wilson 21 you can find me at T214 Murray got that one right there we go and as always stay safe stay wonderful and I have no pun so we're going to end on that disappointment